We've been spending time looking at the Beatitudes this year. Like the first one was uh, Blessed are the Poor in Spirit, where we learned of our utter dependence on Jesus for our salvation. Blessed are those who mourn, especially when we look at uh, how we mourn over our own sins. Blessed are the meek, and we learned that meekness is not weakness, but it's actually a, a tower, being a tower of strength when things go wrong. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and we learned how they are filled. And then last time, blessed are the merciful. And uh, not only how we can be merciful to each other, but we have the prime example of mercy given to us from Jesus Christ. Today's chapel is about wearing a mask. And I'm not talking about this kind of mask. You see, there are two types of masks. There's this, on the one hand, the literal mask that we've been wearing over our mouth and nose all school year. And we do this out of love. For Jesus because he commands us to obey those in positions of authority over us. So we wear the mask. But the other kind of mask is the subject of today's chapel address. It's the symbolic mask. And it's a mask that Jesus does not want us to wear. It's the mask that hides who we are. Criminals commonly will wear a mask if they don't want them to be identified. Uh, even superheroes will wear a mask if they wish to, be, to remain anonymous. Today, people in general wear masks of a type if, um, if they're trying to hide something, keep something secret, or if, if they have a hidden agenda. But Jesus does not want us to wear this kind of mask. He does not want us to be disingenuous and Dishonest, to have evil schemes, a secret agenda. He does not want us to be hypocritical. He wants us to be straightforward, honest, genuine. He wants us to be transparent. And this is covered in the sixth of the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now being pure in heart does not just mean doing the right things. It means doing the right things for the right reasons. It means being free from hypocrisy. And if there was one thing that Jesus hates, it's hypocrisy. He really gave it to the scribes and Pharisees, didn't he, in the Bible? Uh, because of their hypocrisy. He said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish but inside are full of extortion and self-indulgence. In that same chapter, there are seven more of these woe to you statements. So Jesus really made a point about this. Back in ancient Greece, there were already performers on stage, actors on stage. And uh, an an actor might come out on stage wearing... These two masks, not at the same time, of course, but he might come out first with um, maybe like this mask on your left and, uh, you know, the sad face. And he might he might recite his lines of tragedy and uh, get people crying their guts out. Then he'd go backstage and he'd come back and he'd wear the other mask 
And he'd recite his lines of comedy and get people rolling in the aisles with laughter. This actor was called the Hippocratos in Greek, um, the one who wears the mask. But in real life, Jesus wants us to take the mask off and to leave it off. As much as he despises hypocrisy, he loves pureness in heart. And of course, Jesus showed that pureness of heart to us many times. Uh, Even when he was a little 12-year-old, he was about his father's business. He was pure in heart during his ministry when he healed many people of, of their diseases and, uh, and taught them the gospel, which of course healed them of their worst problem. Jesus was pure in heart even on the cross when he asked his heavenly father to forgive the tormentors because they, and I quote, they know not what they do. And what comes out of this pureness of heart that Jesus had is a singleness of purpose. He did everything with one thing in mind, saving us. When tempted by Satan in the wilderness, his purpose was to save us. Um, By teaching and performing miracles, he saved many. And by going to Golgotha, he went through the act of redemption for all of us. This singleness of purpose was seen even earlier, like 4,000 years earlier, back in the Garden of Eden, where God said to the devil, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. I found my page. And then it showed up later in the promises to Abraham that we saw where uh, God was telling Abraham that through Jesus, all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. So here's a singleness of purpose that God had from the, from the very start. Even the name, Jesus, shows this singleness of purpose. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. On and on it goes like this through the, through the scriptures. In the temptations of the wilderness, when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he rose from the dead and made himself known to hundreds of people, and when he promised his followers that he soon would send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to them. And even now, even now, Jesus is our mediator in heaven with this single purpose. And uh, he He wants the Heavenly Father to, when looking down on us, to look through the filter of Jesus' righteousness and how he has redeemed us. And that's how God sees us, righteous. The psalmist puts it well. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. You've probably noticed that the songbirds are coming back up north now. Songbirds are kind of cool. They have what's called monocular vision, where they've got an eye on each side of their head. And each eye acts independently from the other. This eye over here is kind of keeping track of all the movement going on over here. And this eye is monitoring everything going on over here. And it's really cool because they get a 360 degree, uh, at least on the horizontal plane, view 
for themselves to protect themselves. But, but they don't have depth. They don't have a depth perception because each eye is acting independently of the other. Other birds, like um, your eagle and your hawk and your owl, the birds of prey, their eyes are right here in the front of their head like ours, and they have what's called binocular vision. And both of their eyes work together, and they focus on one thing. And it's very clear, and they have perfect depth perception, and that's why an eagle can see a mouse from a mile away. And there's a spiritual application to that, and we pray to our Heavenly Father that He would give us this spiritual binocular vision, a pureness in heart, so that we can keep focused on Him and the salvation that He has given us freely through His Son, Jesus Christ. To that end we pray. Amen. And we close with hymn 185, all three stanzas of 185.